Welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast. This is not the podcast for car enthusiasts and anime fans. This is the podcast where we talk a bunch of bullshit, I tell a story of history, and we talk a lot of shit on it. I am your host, Tony, and today we have the uh, Robin to my Batman, the Luigi to my Mario, the boy wonder, because we wonder about that boy. Manny. <laughs> hey, it's me, Manny, a.k.a. Cheeto Boy. Yes, sir. And we also have the guy that puts the drag back in drag racing, Sparky. <laughs> oh, hey, I like that one. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Hello. I was expecting more of a burn on his introduction, but okay. <laughs> you know, no, I Manny, could write I these or it. I could pull them out of my ass. Maybe <laughs> next time I'll write them and I'll, do, and I'll do a little bit more of a burn. I like the pulling out of the ass part. <laughs> And then uh, last but not least, we have the man that watches so much hentai, it burns when he types the letter P, Leo. (laughs) What's up, everyone? All right. So you guys ready for today's episode? This is our bonus episode. This will be bonus episode number two. You guys ready? Yeah. Yes, sir. Emma. Excuse me. All right. So... For this episode, we're going to be a little bit more targeted than we were last time. Obviously, if you guys remember the last episode, it was kind of a broad topic. Yes, it was. Yeah, speed bump was a topic. Yeah, it was a broad topic, mostly because I just wanted to start us off on what our current theme kind of always is, you know? Mm -hmm. This time, I'm going to be a little bit more focused. We're going to focus on one person today, and it's actually not going to be car anime themed. Okay. All right. So this is the story of Robert Smalls, my favorite American hero. Robert Smalls. Yes. Who that man? Well, we're not you, Leo. (laughs) Oh, you don't say. (laughs) Well, we're going to get to that. So Robert Smalls was born in 1839. 1839. Yes. Anybody remember what, what was going on around that time? Oh, there's Pre-Civil a lot of War. trains. <laughs> this is sure. pre-Civil War. Yes, sir. He yeah, was yeah, born. I knew, that. I knew that. Yes, I'm sure. I, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> His mother was named Lydia Polite. So where did he get the Smalls last name? Well, Robert was born a slave. So where did he get oh. the Smalls last name? So slaves were named, obviously, by their owners at the time. Mm. And they didn't really give the same respect of family surnames. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. So they named him Robert Smalls because he was short. <laughs> <laughs> Is this an episode on Leo? Oh, I knew it. <laughs> Secret episode of Leo's life. Uh, the boy who hits 5'5", five five, now he's getting roasted. Oof. <laughs> so... Um, There is really no official record of who Robert's father is. The current consensus is that he was kind of raped into existence by uh, Henry McKee, which was the owner. The owner. Yes. We all know that. Bring out Murray on the show. Bring him on it, too. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So there are a couple other theories that it was... um, Henry McKee's father that actually um, raped Robert's mother and and he was the actual father, but it it, it could go anyway. It can go anyway. There's nothing really concise. So 
some of the information where there was nothing really concrete on it, I just kind of went with of the several articles I read or little, uh, you know, biographies I've read, the majority ruled basically is what I did. Yeah. So we're going to go with Henry, Henry McKee was his father for this instance. Okay. So he was born in Beaufort, South Carolina at 511 Prince Street. I give the address because you need to remember that address for later. 511 Prince Street. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll forget about that. There, there's seconds. a reason I threw out random detail that, you know, it does matter. <laughs> Should I be writing this down and taking Cornell notes? Uh, there will be a quiz after this. Oh, shit. There's a pop oh. quiz today, guys. Oh, darn. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> so. Uh, Robert was actually very favored by Henry McKee. Um, his mom was a uh, was a house slave, so you know she didn't have to do a lot of the backbreaking labor. And you know because the theories was that Henry McKee was actually his father, uh, he was actually kind of favored and not really treated as bad as the other slaves were. Mm. Yeah, so he was actually raised along with. Henry McKee's uh, children and their friends who were, you know, they were all white. And Lydia, his mom, actually grew really worried that he wouldn't really understand the the plight of the black man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he, he, his life is so much significantly easier than it is for, like, the, the field slaves that actually have to work outside that got the beatings and the whips and things like that, right? Yeah. So when he was 10, she decided to take him to go see an actual slave auction and witness actual whippings on like whipping posts. Mm -hmm. Needless to say, 10 years old, that changed his perspective. (laughs) I wouldn't doubt it, honestly. Oh, well, yeah, man. So obviously that's going to really, really change the, the perspective, right? Yeah. Now, prior to this, he, well, he always, he still did and always did, but he always loved water, you know, him and the, and the other children would run whenever they saw a steam engine going down the river. Um, and they would kind of go chase it just to go stare at it and then go back to playing or whatever, you know, now given after this, he kind of became obviously a little bit bitter. He starting to understand the real world of around him and what's going on. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. excuse me so um he started actually lashing out and i guess his rebellious stage came early in that sense you know so lydia was actually able to convince henry to let him go to uh, charleston harbor to learn a trade Mm -hmm. benefit to that is is that he can go and and work the trade and learn a trade so he doesn't have to work the fields and his life as a slave will be a lot easier, basically. Yeah. So I guess you can call that a good thing. That's her kind of trying to look out for him. And basically what happens is that they send him out there. He lives in a house owned by um, Henry McKee. And all the money he makes goes back to Henry McKee. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fun, right? Can you imagine having to go... I mean, he's, it's weird because, you know, they're separate. They're not, there's nobody there, you know, directly supervising them all day long. 
but every earnings he has he gets to make he has to send back all the time that sucks what if he gets hungry like there's a food like what if he wants to go like what if he needs to buy like socks or pants well i think that stuff is uh is dealt out because he's not who he's working for isn't communicating with robert they're communicating with henry so they probably just communicate between each other and goes, oh, yeah, make sure he looks presentable for work, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so that was uh, that was kind of like his uh, his first little thing. He he worked as a busboy at a hotel. And he actually was a hustler. He's, you know, he's a young kid. You know, he's growing up over there and he got a second job as a street a street lamp lighter. And he he was actually able to convince Henry McKee to let him keep that money from the second job. Mm-hmm. So, kind of like slave remote work had that benefit at least for him, you know? Yeah, in a sense, yeah, yeah. as fucked up as it is, you know. And mind you, I'm skipping over a lot of details on some really fucked up shit. Sorry, I know it's. He probably wouldn't feel very happy about skipping over those details, but <laughs> but we can't. I'm assuming we can't stay over over on here. Yeah, I didn't want to dig so deep into this because that's not really his legacy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will get to his legacy. <laughs> so, like I said, he was a hustler. He worked. He worked tons of different jobs. Uh, he worked as a a longshoreman because remember he loved the river. He loved the water. Um, he worked as a rigger and a sailmaker. And yes, I said rigger with an R, settled down. <laughs> I, I saw Manny look at me as soon as I said it. <laughs> the whole world was on the chair. You're like, what? They rewinded that 30 seconds. They <laughs> probably rewinded that. It's okay. <laughs> Welcome back, you guys. <laughs> um, he eventually worked his way up to what they called a wheelman. Now, this is something that I saw repeatedly through all the articles, and it was a wheelman because they didn't want to give him the name of pilot. Uh, Why? Because he's black? Yep, because they refused to allow a slave to have the same working title as a white man. Mm-hmm. So they gave him a different title. <laughs> That's messed up. And this is not the first time we'll see it as we progress in the story. So he actually became super knowledgeable about that, about that harbor. And he actually became even almost like he had his own, his respect in his own right where he was working. You know, he was able to develop that skill. He learned to actually, you know, obviously pilot, even though they wanted to call him wheelman, he learned to pilot the ships. He learned the harbors really well. He had his own reputation already built. <clears throat> by age 17 he met a, another uh, another slave named Hannah Jones and she was 31 years old <laughs> Ooh. how old was he at this point? he was 17 okay I like and... where going <laughs> well she already had two daughters 12 and 14 and you know at this you know, obviously a child, both of them are children still, but at this era in time, you would think he would have been more trying to date the do- the daughter closer to his age at 14 rather than the mom at 31. Mm-hmm. Oh. But 
nonetheless, he got married. Okay. So he got married with Hannah Jones. Now he's into that MILFs. He was into the MILFs. Man, like it's like that video you always post in Leo, Mommy Mondays. Mommy Mondays. <laughs> you like the ara ara. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was almost in a literal sense robbing the cradle for him. <laughs> now, to be clear, they were both slaves at this time. And they actually had to go get um, permission from the owners. Yes. So they actually had to talk to their owners. Then the owners had to talk among themselves to allow them to get married. And they're in a, again, they're in a unique situation because they're actually working at the hotel. They're not out at a plantation or anything like that. Yeah. So there's probably a more leeway, I would say, right? Absolutely. So they were actually able to, uh, cohabitate even though they were from different owners now uh two years later they they had a daughter they named her elizabeth smalls now remember the owner owns this is so fucking fucked up but <laughs> every time I, I every time i read it in every article i was like fucking shit the owner owns whatever comes out of hannah so she gave birth to Elizabeth. Elizabeth belongs to the other owner. Which owner? The owner of Hannah. Oh, fucked. that's fucked. Yes, and uh, his name's uh, Samuel King uh, Kingman. So <laughs> that that daughter of his is now called whatever her name is Kingman, right? No. Well, they they kept the name Elizabeth Smalls for her. Oh, okay. But the thing is, is that there's, you know, there's obviously they're treated as as property at this point. And yeah. so fucked up because Robert always has this anxiety of obviously they could be sold at any minute. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, if uh, Samuel Kingsman just decided, you know what, I need some extra beer money. <laughs> I want to go sell some stuff. You know, he could yeah. sell potentially sell Robert Small's wife and, and daughter. Yep. So, like I said, that's that puts them in a really bad situation. Robert, being that, you know, he has those extra jobs where he's allowed to kind of keep that money for himself. He actually talked to uh, Mr. Kingman and was able to convince him um, to work out a deal to try to buy. (laughs) I I know. I know. Don't look at me like that, Manny. (laughs) To try to buy his wife and kids. <laughs> yes, yes. So hmm. they settled on. Um, uh, let's see. They they negotiated for him to buy his family at eight hundred dollars. Yes, and at the time, Robert was saving about fifteen dollars a month. That's what he was kind of able to keep for himself. Mm-hmm. So what is that about? Three years or something. That's like thirty thousand dollars in today information. That's like, I didn't do the calculations in today's money, but yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's like four, four, and like four years and five months almost. Pretty much. There we go. Yeah. So obviously, it might take a while, and you'll kind of see later on in the story. 
prices change depending on their age and blah blah blah. It's super super fucked up how they rank it. But okay, so eight. So this would be the <clears throat> 1830s, correct? This is. Uh no no. Or would this be like the 1840s? This is 1850, almost 1860. Okay, I'll just say 1850s then. Okay. So $800 worth today from 1850 is actually 26, almost $27,000. Oh, there you go. I know my math. There you go. So 1860, a uh, feller with a very long beard and cool ass hat, Abraham Lincoln, was elected. Oh, shit. Here we go. Yes, sir. And South Carolina was not happy. Oh, I bet. Yes, they were not not happy about that at all. So December 20th, 1860, uh, South Carolina did their declaration of succession. And quick quote from there. um, Quote, a geographical line has been drawn across the Union. All the states north of that line have united in the election of a man to the high office of the president of the United States whose opinions and purposes are hostile to slavery, end quote. Words are hostile to slavery, but they aren't. No, no, states' rights, Manny. States' rights, obviously, right? Oh, my God. I just wanted to throw that in because I know I'm going to get a fucking message from somebody. States' rights, right? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) obviously, there were other states who joined along with this. Mm Mm-hmm. And, effect, basically. Yeah, and of course, we all know this kind of part of the story. April 12th, 1861, the Civil War has begun. Yeah. So. did we, And, like, who was involved? Like, Captain America or anything? No, the guy that from that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah, Captain America was there. Stormed in. Slightly after the Civil War is when Wolverine got, you know, frozen so that they can bring him back for World War One. Oh, that is true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> it wasn't so war. I do recall. So um, I'm not going to get into all the details of the first battle, because obviously the first battle was no, no, no. the first winter soldier. <sighs> Damn it, man. <laughs> yes. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so is Dancing with the Wolves like after this or before this or during this? Dancing with the Wolves, I believe, was actually after the Civil War. Don't quote me on that, but I believe it was. No, I think it was during. No, 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 no. It's actually during during the Civil War, actually. Could be, could be not. I don't remember because it was more in like the actual like what more in the West. Well, yeah, he moved. He moved. Yeah, he moved. Not sure. We'll get a correction email. But anyways, (laughs) yeah. So anyways, I'm not going to get into full details of the first battle and blah, 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 blah. But South Carolina was a hot spot for the beginning of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Confederate Army did charter the planter, which is the ship that Robert worked on. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> they chartered it, meaning basically they told the owner, hey, we're going to give you some cash. Allow us to use this ship uh, for the war effort. Right. And uh, it was used as a 
a, uh, a supply hauler. Yes. So they hauled supply from, you know, from bunkers and forts back and forth, supplying troops with ammo, things like that, you know? Um, Uber Eats, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it was racist Uber Eats. <laughs> wow. So essentially, they put Robert to work to keep himself a slave. <laughs> That'll go over well, right? Yes. Not perfect. That's not perfect. Yeah, obviously. So um, Robert, again, like I said, he, he knew the boat or the ship very well. He knew the harbors really well. He was a respected wheelman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he worked on the planter alongside a few other slaves. He actually piloted the planter several times during during this war again because the captain just figured you know what this guy knows what he's doing i can i can kick back and let him do his stuff you know and um so there's several checkpoints along the harbor right and confederate checkpoints obviously they have their own signals they're gonna see a ship they're gonna see the confederate flag raised up and they do like hand signals and stuff to kind of like let them know hey we're we're checking in we're good we're not you know we, we didn't get, you know, taken over, blah, 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 whatever, mm-hmm. from the Union. Um, <clears throat> uh, Robert worked to plant a lot of underwater mines. Fun fact, I didn't know they had underwater mines at this time. Yeah, I did not know about that either. Yeah, I, I kind of read that. I was like, wait a minute, am I reading this right? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they had underwater mines, basically um, an explosive that they had chained down with an anchor yes. and floated up, so he would actually go and set a lot of those. Um, and uh, one day, a fellow slave was messing around and took and uh, grabbed the captain's hat while they were off the ship, put it on Robert's head, and said, hey, Ooh. you look just like the captain. Ooh. And those words stuck with Robert. Because the captain loved to wear this weird straw hat. You know, obviously, they're in the sun all day. You know, they're trying to keep from getting burned but the word stuck with robert for a very long time <laughs> i can already Uh-oh. feel this is gonna get bad yeah depends how you want to say it. now as far as the war effort was going around this area on the harbor the union did put a blockade in the on the river okay so if you guys know you guys should know at least but you guys know blockades are gonna block trade food supplies all this kind of stuff yes Essentially, it's a war tactic to starve them. Yes. (laughs) And it was going well. It was working very well. They were struggling a lot in that area because of it, right? It's kind of like a... It's it's where the war started, so it's a very important area that they're wanting to maintain and Union wants to take over. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, in uh, November 1861, the Union took took, uh, Port Royal... And that's roughly 60 miles south of Charleston. And all the, um, I guess, the people who live there, like the southern whites that live there, which is fairly affluent, mm-hmm. they fled. They left. They just picked up and took off because the fort got taken down and Union was coming in, right, mm-hmm. to come after them. So they dropped everything. They left um <clears throat> They left their homes. They left, you know, a lot of cattle and, and livestock. They left the slaves there. And since the Union took over, those slaves were free. 
Mm -hmm. So Lydia Polite was there. (laughs) She is now free. Okay. So she is now living free under under that in the same area in Buford. So um, 1862, we move ahead another year, right? He's now saved 700 of the $800 needed to buy his family. So Robert is ecstatic, right? Uh oh. <laughs> I don't like. Don't, don't jump ahead of me now. <laughs> Plot twist. <clears throat> he bought car parts. Robert. Oh no, yes, yeah. He bought a BQ. <laughs> that's what he did. I mean, that's what we all do, right? We start debating. Mm-hmm. It's like, do I buy these kids? Or do I buy a turbo? Yeah, I think I'll go for the turbo. I yeah. I go for the turbo. But you yeah. need to make sure After your car actually runs, Leo, before you put a turbo. Same with you, Sparky. So don't. Hey, lie. my car is running. My car is fine. <laughs> I broke down in like a year, so it's okay. Okay, so Robert did not go buy a turbo for the planter. Oh, yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. How about a built steam engine? Nope, nope, nope. Uh, so. He had 700 of the 800 left to buy his family and set them free. Mm-hmm. Robert Smalls Jr. was born. Ooh. <laughs> Fuck. Here's another 10,000. Yeah, that's another increase right there. That is another increase. Exactly. And what's that increase? Uh, so they never negotiated this. So he 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 obviously he's busy. He's on this chartered uh, boat for the war effort. He hasn't discussed um, the increase in price yet, right? Mm-hmm. Now, given he is going home, at least you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. He's working on the charter during the day. He's able to go home at night, you know, minus a couple of uh, trips or missions they might have to take that might take longer than a day or a week or whatever it might be, you know. Yeah. So. He is nervous so that he's going to have to go back and talk to Samuel Kingsman and find out what the new price is going to be for his family. Totally fucked up. Obviously, at this time, there's no condoms or contraceptive or you know what I mean? Like, no birth control, none of that shit. Yeah, that's shit that's going to happen. They had to rely on the old pullout method Mm -hmm. if they even did. (laughs) And kids don't work. All right. So. Obviously, he's kind of freaked out about that. Now, April of 1862, there's a barge um, manned with nothing but uh, nothing but slaves, and they actually stole a ship and took off towards the Union blockade, and they totally freed themselves. Obviously, that pissed off the Confederacy, but it was a small barge. It wasn't anything of any like military significance, right? And it it, it it made them look bad and it sucks, but it wasn't like a full terrible nightmare, right? Yeah. Robert kind of saw this and, you know, his eyes kind of started to twinkle a little bit, right? But to keep up appearances, he would constantly, constantly barrage them in front of the captains on the planter ship. One of the quotes was, and I mean, super weird, old timey, shit talking i guess but one of his quotes was uh quote them boys are the meanest of mortals <laughs> Damn. so basically he kind of just like got back on the ship hearing the news and just kind of like played the part with the other with you know with the captain and the other white guys on the ship like oh yeah 
those those uh those treacherous little ungrateful slaves you know what i mean <laughs> he, he try he try to make it look like you know those people are the bad people in reality you already know it's gonna go down yeah no that's just that's just saving face because after he saw that the plan to steal the planter was born so you guys remember the slave that uh put the straw hat on him and said he looked just like the captain yes and now he's seen a small barge get away and go get to the union blockade to be free so he decided you know what with all this i see plus now he has a new um a new son and he doesn't know if he's going to be able to buy his family's freedom what are the, what else is there to do other than like some kind of escape to free themselves right yeah so the plan was born he went around the ship to consult with the other slaves on board except for one fucking guy (laughs) the guy who put the straw hat no there was just nobody there was no name given or nothing but apparently there was just this one slave that was so enthralled nobody trusted him on the ship because there's always that one fucking guy you can't trust Sparky. Oof. No, Leo. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, it was all you, buddy. I, no, I'm no, with Manny no. on that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anonymous decision. It's three out of uh, four no. people that I don't trust you. I like how he's including you, Tony. I know. I'm just over here narrating, right? I know. <laughs> hey, Tony, for this, Tony let me drive the Cobra from his house to his new house. True. Yeah, he was forced to. <laughs> <laughs> no, he could have he, he picked you, but he picked me instead. Yeah, because you were there at the moment. I wasn't. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I I just left work, and Tony's like, I need you, and I just left right away. Yeah, like, I'm on my way. Closest, that's why. No, I was actually pretty far. All right, children. All right, all right. <laughs> but, Dad, he started it. Anyways, I'm finishing it. <laughs> okay, so um, Robert and the rest of the crew, except that one guy, uh, started meeting at Robert's house to start getting the plans going, right? And uh, knowing that they could be executed on the spot. So, you know, obviously this kind of stuff going on, if they're caught, it's a do or die kind of mission kind mm-hmm. of thing. If they're caught, that's it for them. They're, they're fucking done. They're going to be made a, an extreme example of, right? Now, one day, the planter set off on a two-week trip, and they came back loaded with hundreds of pounds of ammo, and a ton of guns and weapons, and uh, they were get they were collecting it from uh, forts that had been dismantled, basically, and troops moved around to other locations. Yeah. So right now the planter is just loaded, right? And uh, they got a ton of material on there, and they went up to a dock at uh, at the pier at uh, the front of General Ripple's headquarters. Now, General Ripple was actually the guy responsible for that barge, that small barge that a couple of slaves got on and took off. (laughs) Can't let that happen again, right? Obviously. (laughs) Oh, no, that would be be embarrassing. Yes, yes. So they're parked at this um, at this uh, port port. Yes, basically. Yeah, yeah. Is it really parked? Sure. I don't know the nautical terms, sir. Anchor. Is it a station? Oh. Is it stationed? I feel like stationed. 
we can go with stationed if you want. We'll we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, It'll help me sleep at night. <laughs> All right. Uh, right there at the at the docks, there's over twenty car twenty guards posted close to the ship. Twenty cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the ship itself is a captain and two officers, and mind you, there was like uh, I believe six or seven slaves on the ship. Which, I mean, if you really think about it, they could have easily overpowered them at any time and just took the fuck off, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. With the whole fear of racism and everything, they never did. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. You know, they're, this is something they were born into. This was mm-hmm. their life. They've been... Div- that's the way they kind of grew up. That whole mindset's been enthralled into them, you know? And basically, uh, they had a wonderful habit of going out on port to go drink at night. And they would leave Robert in charge. Yeah, you know, that's smart, right? A ship full of guns and ammo and uh, six slaves on a ship in the middle of a war to free slaves. (laughs) They decided it's a good idea to just leave one in charge and go drinking. Sound like a good old time. It's the best of times, right? (laughs) With that said... They knew that it was kind of this was the moment. It was do or die. So he sent one of the one of the uh, slave crew off off the port to go run and tell um, Hannah and the other slaves, the you know the other cruise ships families basically, to go let them know, hey, this is it. Go meet us at the at the port across the way. So this is May thirteenth, eighteen sixty two. They went to go give word. They gathered all of them over there. And they all, all of them with the family, all boarded the ship, except for that one fucking crew guy that they did not trust. <laughs> he must have been crossed. Oh, dude, his ancestors must have been pissed. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, I could bet. you. So again, we've you know they've already kind of discussed that it is a do or die kind of thing. If they were caught. They've already decided with all the ammunition and things on the ship that they were going to blow up the ship and themselves. What the fuck? Well, yeah, dude. With the, you know, they'd rather go out on their own terms than return to slavery where they're probably going to be executed for what they've done and made should, an example of, you know? Yeah, they should have just done some. They should have just done some kamikaze shit. Just go into them and then blow up. Okay. Like, if See, I'm gonna die, you're about, gonna die too. We're talking about on a on a steamboat. What are you yeah, do yeah. Kamikaze? This is like well, old timey. Well, you could do it with like you know, like explosives or like the barrels, like with all the gunpowder. I don't know. You can think about just think about it. I'm not saying or just crash into it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they said if if uh, blowing up the ship um, was there like last resort? I'm guessing second to last. If for whatever reason oh. the explosives fail, they were gonna hold hands, jump off the ship. And just drown in the harbor. Why don't you try to swim away? Because it'll still get caught. I know, but But I I think I think I'll rather like I don't know poison myself than drowning because I don't like drowning. Just sucks. (laughs) Yeah, well, you got also got to remember that uh, these are slaves that didn't have access to schooling, so maybe they didn't have the chemistry knowledge to poison themselves either. You know. No, yeah, or take one to the head, you know. 
Well, they don't have guns to fight back, so they have a whole ship full of guns. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was gonna say, Sparky, you're not paying attention. No, but like they don't know how to use them. You're like they have no. <laughs> I'm saying like they don't know how to use them back. Like you know, what I'm saying like, just like you don't know how to fish. Hey, I know how to fish. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, like you said honestly, like, like. You okay, know, okay, okay. Let's get let's get back on topic. No, well, well, let me let me think what I'm about to say. All right, I'd rather put one to the head, you know, just to end it all, than than getting tortured and executed like by the slave the slave owners. The most talking we got out of Leo was about shooting themselves in the head. Mm. You okay, buddy? He's been listening to suicide. <laughs> nah, nah. Because, like I said, I don't like that uh, to drown. That shit's the most like sufferable way to go out. Now we know um, Leo's phobia. No, you don't. You don't know my real phobia? Snails, snails, and worms. I'll be. You s- okay? Out. Okay, okay. I'm about to kink shame you right now. You say you're okay. You're not okay with drowning, but you're okay with spit. Yes. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so let I'm me paint. Drowning, it's alive, am I? <laughs> let me uh, paint the picture of the escape here. So 3:30 a.m. Uh, Robert put on the captain's jacket because apparently the captain ju- captain just left it lying around on the ship. Put on his straw hat. Grabbed any any uh, pistol that he had laying around in his uh, little quarters, and set the planter off to sail. Now, remember, there's like 20 guards all around the boat, Mm -hmm. but the planter was scheduled to leave early in the morning. So they saw the boat leaving. They're like, checks out. I think I see the captain up there. You know, it's it's dark, obviously. You know what I mean? They traveled over to the dock nearby. And in that marina is where Hannah and the other families and other cruise ship were waiting for, Mm -hmm. for them. So he stopped, picked them all up. They explained to him exactly that, you know, today's a day they're going to do it. And, you know, some of the some of the crew had a wife and the other ones had like girlfriends. Some of them freaked out. Some of them were like, nope, this is too big of a risk. What are you doing? They started crying. They started freaking out. And they stayed at that marina for about an hour trying to calm them down. Eventually, what they did is they took them and they locked them up in the ship's stateroom. And they said if they made any noise, they would kill him. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, what else are you going to do at that point? You know, That's you, true. you've already kind of risked everything on this and you're going to go through with it. It's do or die. What do you do? Do you do you leave them off where they're going to expose it? Or It's kind of true in a sense because they did show up to the dock. So they should have been prepared at this point. Yeah, yeah. The the last fear, maybe that's just what they needed to finally just like, all right, let's go, you know? It just uh it's like that one little dark stain. It's kind of like, oh goddamn, he shit turned kind of real right there. It was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna lock you in here and just if you make a peep, we're gonna kill you. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah. So from where they were, the planter had to pass five Confederate checkpoints. Each of those checkpoints are obviously heavily armed and ready to attack in Mm -hmm. case of a Union ship coming up, right? Mm -hmm. Luckily, you know, Robert had the coat. He had the straw hat. Obviously, it's nighttime or, you know, it's early, early morning. Sun's not up. And he's far enough to where they couldn't really tell the color of his skin. You know what I mean? They Other slaves kind of stayed hidden. And he went up on deck. And kind of did his best, like, white guy walk. <laughs> and gave the hand signals going through the checkpoints. 
believe it or not, it worked without a single hitch. On all five checkpoints? All five checkpoints. Wow. He was actually worried that he was making too good of time. So right now, the biggest problem in his plan is that it's working too well. He's making too much time, and he's afraid that he's going to make it to the Union um, blockade before sunrise. So they can see him. So they can see him exactly. So if he's, you know, if he's running through and he's approaching a union blockade before sunrise, they're going to think it's an attack and the union blockade is going to blow that ship up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's his worry right now. But he's blowing through the Confederate check signs like nothing. They don't even notice what the hell's going on. Super easy for him so far. And um, so as he kind of starts getting closer to the union blockade, he is just barely, barely showing up, literally, literally, as the sun's coming up. Mm-hmm. They finally lower the Confederate flag, and they raise up a white bed sheet. Mm-hmm. And as they're starting to approach, you know, they, they can see, you know, they can see the, the Union ship and blockade and stuff there, and they're, they're on defensive. And they're, like, trying to, like, wave, the, you know, and point to the flag, try to get their attention, and they let them through. Nice. Yes. So they they did it, and uh, and they brought him treats. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. we'll get to that. So I thought this was kind of funny because they kind of took a quote from one of the Union soldiers on the ship, and he was describing that he saw the boat coming, and it's just kind of funny because he was just kind of shitty on how he explained it. He's like, "Yeah, we saw the boat coming. We thought it was an enemy, you know, an enemy ship, the Confederate ship." And he said, quote, we noticed something which looks like it would have been white if it was washed with soap and water. <laughs> oh, my. so like he's like, yeah, we noticed, you know, he couldn't just say, yeah, we noticed like a white bed. She's like, no, that shit was kind of dirty. <laughs> Fucking brown stains and shit. Ooh. So, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of funny, a funny quote to it. So, yeah, as soon as the. um as soon as Robert and the other uh, the other crew slaves realized that the Union was not going to attack them, that they recognized the the white flag out in there, everybody came up from the you know from underneath underneath the the staterooms and everything, celebrating you know, fucking throwing the finger behind them to the Confederate. Because remind mind you, this is just as the sun is coming up, and the closest Confederate um, station was visible to them yes so there was somebody at the confederate station that watched that flag go down and the white flag come up and then a bunch of escaped slaves celebrating on the deck as it came to the union port it did they got to watch that shit (laughs) fun feelings right oh must be lovely oh yeah so um Robert turned over the planter to the captain of the onward union ship. And the very first thing Robert asked for was an American flag to put up on the ship. So he lowered the white flag down and put up the American flag on the planter. Now, uh, general Ripley was waking up around this time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Obviously there was a ton of confusion because the captain was looking for the ship. All the guards said, what are you talking about? It left at 3.30. And then um, the General Ripley's coming out looking at the captain like, where the fuck is your ship, bro? 
tons of confusion going around. And then they're getting word from, you know, the front side of where the union blockade is like, Hey, we just saw a fucking ship with a, a bunch of slaves just turn themselves over to the union. So they're pissed. This is general Ripley's second ship to escape with slaves to the union. He's fucked. Oh, he's fucked, dude. He is fucked. Newspapers in the South had a fucking shit show. <laughs> Jeez. So some quotes from um, Southern newspapers were um, they called the officers uh, that, that they it was a gross negligence and shameful event of any war and criminal charges should be pressed. <laughs> so they're out for fucking blood dude at the same time the confederate like their military like propaganda news kept trying to push that it wasn't slaves it wasn't slaves it was spy union soldiers that infiltrated mm-hmm. because oh, they wow. refused to put up the appearance that a black slave outsmarted them and got away twice twice at this point yes <laughs> so uh, i i kind of stopped reading a lot of the newspaper clippings because it was it was really fucking ugly <laughs> yeah no i wouldn't doubt it honestly it, yeah it, it was really ugly some of the language is a little bit like oh i don't feel comfortable reading this no more <laughs> very canceled canceled that, uh yeah oh Come we'll be canceled it. after this episode don't worry Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, if we get canceled this episode, does that mean I'm not I'm not able to find a date for my Valentine Day? You got a hose, don't worry. Oh, you know, I don't think Mr. this podcast is going to help you with that anyways, buddy. Oh, I don't know what you mean. It helped me a lot. <laughs> All right. So over on the Union side, they were ecstatic as hell. Um, they were actually needed a shallow transport ship. So the fact that Robert brought the planter was like the exact ship they actually needed for a lot of their efforts in that area. Yeah. On top of that, it had a fuckload of ammo and guns. And the last part was all the knowledge between Robert's ears, basically. Because Robert not only knew the harbor really well, he just got done planting a shit ton of underwater mines. <laughs> so he knows where they are. Exactly. He knows where all of them are. It had information on like an entire fort that the union thought was manned by like 10,000 guys. It turns out it was actually more like 150 guys and a goat. So the union just said, wait, I thought that was heavily armed. Fuck that. Let's go take it. <laughs> so it, this was huge, man. Um. Now, jumping back over to the south, right? Samuel Kingsman was outraged because he lost four slaves because of that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this is so, this is the shittiest thing I read. He went to go file a claim in South Carolina for s- loss of property. Like, how shitty is that to read? Yeah. Like, I was like, ah, god damn it. <laughs> Now, he, this is, you know, you were asking about what the new prices would be. Oh, okay. Right? So this is what he was claiming official fucking documentation in South Carolina for loss of property. He claimed that Hannah herself was worth 800. Ah. Um, 
Clara, which is her other daughter, mm-hmm. was worth a thousand. Obviously, so a younger girl that's of, you know, sexual age for them, yeah. basically. You know what I mean? They're charging more. It's fucking shitty people, dude. Like um, Elizabeth, because she's a, a child, 300. Okay, so we're at eight, so we're at twenty one hundred now. And Robert Jr. because he's an infant, one hundred and fifty bucks. One hundred fifty. What about this third child though? Uh, it was not mentioned. So, you know, in I couldn't find any information on that. For all we know, that child could have been sold in that time frame. Um, as we do more of these episodes, you'll come to find out a lot of kids die very young all the time because of disease and, you know, a lot of advances that are not really good in medicine right now. And speed bump. <laughs> yes. And speed bumps. Correct. Correct. You guys want to learn more about the speed speed bumps? Go check out our first bonus episode. We love Heck speed yeah. bumps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Those were kind of the new prices. Now, whether he was going to charge that to Robert, if Robert approached him or not, obviously is who's to say, you know what I mean? So basically he claimed about $22.50 in lost property. And in today's inflation, it would Wait, be... Can I guess? Yeah, you can guess. So it was 800 800 was about $30,000. No. No, he's he's trying to ratio it right now. No, but he's he's second guessing my calculation from earlier. Ah. Uh, so I'm assuming with everything on total, it'll be around uh, two hundred and eighty five thousand dollars in today's inflation. You are way off. Oh. It's about it's close to forty six thousand dollars. Yeah, so obviously that went up substantially. Yes. Given, I think the original quote didn't include Clara. Mm. But anyways, um, now uh, John McKee, the owner of Robert, right? He actually didn't file any property loss. Reason being is because remember when uh, Royal Port was taken over? And Robert's uh, mom was set free, Lydia Polite. Yes. He actually lost everything. He lost property. He lost all his slaves. He lost a ton of money. All he did was just fled. Side note, two of his kids died of scarlet fever. What's that? You don't know what scarlet fever is? No, I literally don't know. No, I think we'll wait on that then. I mean, it's it's basically an extreme flu, basically. I, I guess uh, it's like kind of the best way to describe it, and uh, and that's why I said children dying in a lot of these old timey history stories is going to be a very common theme. Mm. But um, so yeah, he he kind of just fled his whole situation, lost a ton of money, he lost that house, he lost everything, you know. So he didn't even bother filing for anything. We actually don't know exactly what kind of happens to him from here. Um, now, uh, moving back to the north again. I know we're kind of jumping back and forth. Mm-hmm. I just want you guys to kind of picture the downturn and the upturn, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The union submitted a claim um, for Robert and the other slaves. 
the claim being for the planter that they brought him. Now, what used to happen was if an enemy ship was turned over to the Union, it would be auctioned off and half the money would go to towards the war effort in the Union and the other half will actually be given to the people. Yeah. Now, because these were slaves, they kind of burned them. You know, I mean, the North was only progressive compared to the South. (laughs) (laughs) So there was still obviously a ton of fucking racism and stuff. Just because they didn't want slaves doesn't mean they weren't fucking racist either, you know? So they submitted a claim um, and they were actually given about $1,500. Or I think Robert was given about $1,500. The other crew got um, $450 and the girlfriends got $100. The wives didn't get anything because they said that they would uh, reap direct benefit from the husband. Yeah. Um, the $1,500 that uh, Robert got was about $37,000 in today's money. I did do that one. <laughs> okay. okay. So obviously that puts Robert in a situation to start a life in the North, right? $37,000 in you know, basically in that back then was enough for him to go, okay, I can go start a life as a free man in the North. Right. Wrong. I mean, yeah, it is enough to do that. Oh, I thought you were going to give me like a plot twist that it was wrong. No, 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 it's not wrong that it is enough to do that, but the amount was insanely low for what it actually appraised for, you know? Obviously, the gun, the military information, the ship itself, like it, it was stupid low. It was oh, a total, definitely. total ripoff. But again, it was enough for them to get a start in the north. And, you know, there wasn't a whole, whole lot they can do, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was one book, I guess, as a good example, <laughs> a good example of the kind of information the ship had besides the guns, besides the ammo, besides the bombs that Robert found. There was a book called, quote, Secrets of the Signals of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. Literally their secret book of hand signals they had on that fucking boat. Apparently, secrets should be written down and left on a boat unattended. <laughs> yeah, not really secret, is it? <laughs> There's a reason the South lost that war. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Not that. Can't. It's the Southern people. Come on. That doesn't take that much. Yeah. (laughs) Now, obviously, their benefit was huge. Hannah and Robert's kids went back to go uh, live in Buford, where they came from, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Robert went right back to work. He went ahead and helped the Union remove all of the underwater mines that he actually had set before. And he actually became like a political activist and was actually um, he was actually the driving force behind allowing um, black men to serve in the army and Navy. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, the Union Army was using them, but they weren't like officially like um, officially sanctioning them in. Right. You mean like for combat? Right. Or what do you mean? No, they were allowing them to fight. No, I know that. Just Just they weren't actually like bringing them in as a listed service member. Mm. Right. And I mean, basically, Robert was like, I'm free. You know, they they kind of basically gave him the option. You know, he had the option. 
they're like hey you're free here's some startup money do you want to go ch- live a chill and free life now and he's like no i want to go back and kill the people who fucking had me enslaved <laughs> no fuck those people that's yeah, me a really good movie that i can think about like in this type of situation where we had a uh, blacks becoming actual soldiers for the Civil War effort in the Union would be glory. I don't know if any of you guys. Oh have seen yeah, that movie. I like that movie a lot. It's a good movie. Movie. Which one is that one? Is that the World War Two movie? No. Oh my Civil god. War. Oh. Who's that actor? Is a really good actor in that movie. Too. Uh, I believe Morgan Freeman is in there. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. That's who it is. The great narrator. Uh, All right. Imagine having. Imagine having. Oh, him and Denzel Washington. What's oh, that? With awkward silence. I know. <laughs> I, said, oh, I said, imagine having uh, Morgan Freeman on the podcast one day. That'd be it. That's goals. <laughs> that would be like the peak. Yeah. At that point. I, I just, I just make him do the intro, and that'd be the intro forever now. Yeah. But, <laughs> like going back though, definitely that was a really good movie. Honestly, did touch up a lot of stuff too. Uh, I mean, it's not exact. Yeah, I don't think it could be exact information, but it did give us an idea of like how blacks served the Union at, in military times for the Civil War effort. See. All right. So obviously, Robert was an experienced um, pilot. I'm going to say pilot, you know, mm-hmm. wheelman, a pilot, whatever. He knew all these uh, basically these military secrets disarmed all these bombs for him. Right. So. Again, not officially listed into the into the military, but um, he's helping them out and he's getting paid. So at this point, he's making about forty dollars a month. The, That's better than fifteen. Oh yeah, the average black soldier at that time was only making thirteen dollars a month. Hmm. So he's kind of like he's kind of killing it for the time, and in, in in all reality, right? Yeah, just balling. Yes. Robert took part in over 17 major battles during the Civil War, right? During one of the battles, the um, on on the planter, the Union captain actually, they, you know, they got under fire and the Union captain got fucking afraid and went to go fucking cower in the coal bunker. <laughs> oh, wow. And Robert stepped up, took over the controls and took over the ship and actually successfully led the ship to safety. After that, they promoted him to basically captain of the planter. And um, now he's making $150 a month. Damn. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mind you, they didn't call him a planter (laughs) or a captain because, again, the racism. Yes, yes. (laughs) The racism was strong on that one. You know, yeah, yeah. But I mean, at that point, I think Robert was kind of like, yeah, yeah, you can call me N-word. Just give me the fucking money. Like <laughs> He had the respect, just not the equality. You know, he had the respect. But what it was is that if they gave him the title, it would offend the other like white captains and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because there was still that superiority complex. Oh, definitely. Obviously, you know. To this day, there still is. Yeah, yeah. 1863, um, Robert Jr., the baby, he passed away. Smallpox. Mm. Mm. So he he passed away at 16 months old. And I, I just realized I said smallpox instead of smallpox. 
Big oof. That was unintentional. I shouldn't be making fun of that. <laughs> Should be making fun of the dude. Don't look, like Don't look at me like that, Manny. Don't look at me like that. Give that look to me, Manny. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, Robert and Hannah had a third child, and um, se- seven months later, they had a third child named Sarah. And this was the first Smalls um, person born as a free person. Mm-hmm. And um, so Robert's doing good now, right? And I kind of save this more semi towards the end of the story, just because I think it's the greatest fucking part of the story. When Robert moved his family back and he was starting to get successful, you know, he they stayed in the city that they lived at in uh, in Buford, right? So yep. this house went up for auction because the owners weren't paying taxes. Obviously, when all the affluent white people left because the union took over right they 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 got that fort uh that fort taken over fort royal they it's stopped the, it's the address you mentioned in the beginning isn't it so they <laughs> house went up for auction wow they Maddie, made a bid wow. of 665 dollars damn that's less than to free your family fuck <laughs> <laughs> you want to yes. free your family or buy a house i'm buying a house <laughs> and he bought the house on 511 prince street in Beaufort, South Carolina. <laughs> no way, really? Yes, really. He went back. I already knew that. I got the silent treatment. He he joined the fucking Confederate, or he was basically fighting in the Confederate Army, you know? Escaped slavery, fought and became a war hero in the Union Army, went back to the house he was born and enslaved in and bought it. What a fucking legend fucking legend he needs to fuck a white woman in every room of that house (laughs) like the most fucking incredible fucking story for that now now after this happened the um the union put under review because obviously he made a big name for himself right yeah um, they reevaluated the worth of the planter when they took it from the Confederacy and turned it over to the Union. And they decided to give all each of the survivors from that day an additional um, payment. They didn't, for whatever reason, I couldn't find the number, but they said the equivalent of today's money of another $140,000 each. $140,000? Yeah, in today's money, basically. I can look that up. So... That's how much they were originally shorted on that boat. Like, obviously, it took a little while longer, and it took a literal act of Congress in order to make it happen. But he got that money. So, obviously, they're doing all right. Now, 1865, the Confederate losers surrendered, right? That was the end of the Civil War. Um, to put a perspective on the house he bought and the house he was enslaved in, this is a literal mansion. You know what I mean? Okay, so $140,000 in today's money would be close to 9000 in that time. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking money. 
that is a lot of well i mean it literally had military secrets it had all their secret hand signals it had the ammo the guns the ship itself the knowledge of him yeah the knowledge that he removed all those uh all those underwater mines the knowledge that he had of that fort that was basically being guarded by nobody you know <laughs> the ports yeah so it, yeah i'm sure that was even probably still low for what it was you know but it was something now uh, now the Civil War is over now, right? Hen- uh, Robert is living in Henry McKee's old house. And it's fucking huge. And this c- next part kind of like really pissed me off. <laughs> so Robert oh, is such a good fucking guy. That he doesn't a- take the money. No, Henry McKee's family went to go live with him. What the fuck? Now, at this point, I believe Henry McKee has passed away. I couldn't find a lot of details on his death. Mm-hmm. But his widow, basically his, his wife at the time, right? Um, some of her children and I believe one of their cousins came to go live with Robert in the old McKee house. And he allowed it? He allowed it. He's, he's a fucking good guy. And he, not well, only did he... Now, not maybe. <laughs> well... <laughs> No, because this is why it kind of pissed me off. Even right. after this, mind you, because you know they had no place to go. The Civil War was over. They had fled that area and mm-hmm. left everything, stopped paying their taxes. That's where the house went up for auction, blah, blah, blah. They refused to eat with Robert and his family. Robert had to arrange for them to have meals at a later separate time. What fucking bullshit is that? And he get no pipe. I would have. I would have <laughs> him. I mean, at that point, they should be serving fucking him. <laughs> no, yeah, for real. They should be serving his fucking meals, right? I'm like, you're you're my white freaking slaves. White lady, go make me some food, or I'll kick your ass out of the house. I'll do some shit like that. Well, Petty you know the the theory behind this is that they just got done with a fucking civil war. And now they're trying to learn how to coexist together, right? So there's probably a whole lot of tensions. And I think, you know, he maybe, maybe part of it had to do with like not creating deep rooted bad blood and continuing to poke the bear after you've already kind of mm-hmm. beat the shit out of it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because I'm pretty sure there's still segregation and all that other stuff. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, so, there's still like, tons yeah. of segregation, tons of racism, tons of hate and bitter feelings. So it's kind of like maybe it's just let's keep the tensions as cool as possible. You know what I mean? It's just the fact that he invited them back into the house and they still kind of kept the shitty attitude with him. You know what I mean? Mother truckers. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, Robert did went on to be a successful business businessman he actually owned several properties he built a lot of schools um he became a big advocate for free public education he started a newspaper like he was making a ton a ton of moves damn he's making money Mm -hmm. i'm gonna change my last name to smalls (laughs) and uh he eventually went to go seek a naval pension now remember he wasn't officially ever officially like brought on to the yeah. to the navy officially right 
but he was getting paid. He was working. He was fighting in the battles. He was the captain of the freaking ship, you know? And um, it took about 14 years and again an act of Congress, but he got his pension. Nice. Yes. This is actually not the first or only time, or those two incidents were not the only times he actually had to go to Congress for something. There was another guy that came after his house. There was another incident to where um, he was trying to get on a trolley and it was raining. And when he went under, like there was like the sidecar kind of thing. You kind of hold on to the pole and stand on yeah. the outside. And he tried to go inside and they, you know, and, oh, black man, you got to go stand outside and hold on to the outside and get rained on. So he just decided to walk home, you know? And because again, he's a war hero. The newspapers went ahead and blew it up. And again, that whole thing went into a court case, went up to the Supreme Court. Like he he created just this huge, huge name for himself doing all these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he decided that he wasn't kind of done scaring all the white people in the South. And he decided to get into politics. Oh, snap. Yes, sir. So he was elected to South Carolina's House of Representatives for fifth district for two terms. <clears throat> and I believe he actually even got to go to the Senate level when somebody passed away. Oh, nice. Okay. So this was him running as a Republican in these areas. And then uh good old gerrymandering happened. <laughs> and believe it or not, after his uh, final term in Congress. There wouldn't be another black representative in that district till 2010. Wow. Oh shit! Oh wow! What the heck? And you I guys mean, know it, gerrymandering already, right? Yeah, but it's also South Carolina, so what do we expect? Yeah, you true, know, true, true. You'd be surprised if those states weren't so heavily gerrymandered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they basically say, okay, all the black people, put your hands up. And then they draw a line cutting them in half <laughs> yep. and go, that's a district. And that's a district. So can you if imagine was... going in at 2010 being, yeah, so who was the last black guy to have this seat? <laughs> Jeez. Um, so I guess towards the end of this, uh, Robert Smalls finally passed away in 1915 at the age of 75. Uh, he passed away of malaria and diabetes because he's too fucking badass to fucking die of one thing. Diabetes, um, I don't know about that. <laughs> he probably ate like a champ, that's why. Probably, man. Um, his house is a... <coughs> excuse me. His house is a National Historic Landmark. Nice. Um, there is a monument where he's buried... And on his um, on his little like tombstone thing for his monument, they have a quote from him um, from a speech he gave to the South Carolina legislature in 1895. Quote, my race needs no special defense for the past history of them. And, and this country proves them to be the equal of any people anywhere. All they need is an equal chance in the battle of life. End mm. quote. And that is the story of Robert Smalls. I thought he was going to put the quote, I'm the captain now, but okay. 
You know, I, he should have just done the whole accent and just be like, look at me. <laughs> I am your captain now. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that would have been epic. Man, that would have been so great. Chill. <laughs> Is Manny telling you he's a captain now? <laughs> yeah, basically. I he think he just wants bro- to escape at this point. He's wearing some bro in a poncho. Be like, I am captain now. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, no he's say, gonna say, El Capitan. Yo soy Capitan. Estoy la Capitan. <laughs> and then you look at him and be like, No, you're the top of Tio guy. <laughs> so, what have we learned today? You got, you got the quiz ready? I, oh, there's a quiz? No, yeah. not a fucking quiz. I was like, 511 <laughs> Prince Street. I, I thought about doing a bullshit quiz with, uh, with jokes, but. I, I got tired of reading and writing. <laughs> writing? You're just typing. Same shit. I got tired. <laughs> hey, man, 40-year-old people need to sleep now. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not 40, but you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, he just advanced your, your years up to 10, buddy. He really wants you to get to a retirement real quick. I know. You know, <laughs> I don't mind if I get to retire. We'll see. He wants you to take you to Denny's and get that senior special breakfast. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, so this is this is a, this is the episode I I chose for this one. I don't know what I'm gonna do next week. Um, if you guys or anybody listening has any suggestions or you know liked what you hear, didn't like what you hear, we want some feedback. Right. Ooh, next week. Can we talk about how lonely us three men's are for Valentine's Day? Well, you know, Valentine's Day is this month, so you lost that opportunity. And to talk about how lonely we are for Valentine's Day, I mean, that's that's pretty much every year and everything. It's every day. That's a, that's a daily struggle for y'all. No, it's, it's, it's just that one day that, you know, the people who are, you know, who okay, have okay, grown okay, up in a okay, boyfriend... Okay. Okay, let's get back on topic. All right. Well, oh, basically, let's close this up with uh, a quick shout out. We have our driving instructor, Jaime. He started his own podcast. Mm-hmm. So quick shout out to him. It's called Race FF Pod. I'll probably be posting him in our Instagram. So keep an eye out for that and give him a listen. I love you, Jaime. Wait, I have a question. What platforms is Jaime on? Let us know. So he, I think currently he's on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. I think he's waiting for his final approval for um, uh, for Apple. He's on Google, and he's doing everything through Podbean. So he's, he's going to keep expanding as it progresses. He's up to two episodes right now, so go check him out. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to yeah. have to check him out. And uh, Leo, you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Just look up in the sky. You see that shining light, and that's where I'm, I'll be at. Is that his teeth? I don't know. I thought he was gonna say he was that we can find him on a tow truck or something. Uh, you find me on Tinder. You, you Are you mean Grinder? Oh, um, that's you, buddy. What are you talking about? I heard you got that premium on that. My premium OnlyFans is different. Okay, we don't talk about that. Your premium OnlyFans, man. Valentine was to get you real quick. All right, all right, all right. Come on, let's move it on. Well, can we? Okay, well, you guys can find me on Instagram at, at Sparky the Barber. And the Barber. Yeah, the Barber. What about you, Manny? 
Yeah, tell us, Manny. What do you want me to say? Where can oh, we no, find I you can at? I hear the music in the background. I'm getting nervous. Yep, the music's playing, Manny. Why don't you tell the listener where they can find us at? Yeah, you can definitely find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and on Twitch at Unaccepted Pod. And we do have a website, unacceptedpod.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, follow, share, leave a review anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Got any questions, death threats, uh, want to send an unaccepted rev, email us at unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we'll see everybody next bonus episode. Johnny. Yeah, baby. Uh, Kenny Matsuri's number one.